0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale. And this week, it's a little bit of a different episode. I'm actually uh, on location out in Truxton, New York, hanging out with Jacob and Alexa from uh, Hillside Farms. Um, a couple of years ago, maybe a year or two, I don't know, I think I'm sure I've mentioned it on the podcast in the past. I've had this idea to film a video, to make a video that shows food and follows food from its source through processing, through um, packaging and shipping uh, and, and to a final restaurant and then to a dish. And the idea, my, my hope in it was, was a couple of different things. One was to kind of connect myself to the food scene to kind of understand, hey, what is the journey that that, like chicken or, or beef or pork or vegetables, like, go through? You know, like, what do, what do those farms look like? I, I think, like, I'm sure most people i have seen a lot of those documentaries over the years, um, and now I'm blanking on all the names of them, but I've seen the documentaries, like, the horror stories of, uh, you know, factory farming and the ones of, like, you know, mass chicken production and, you know, all of these terrible things. And then also like the really positive ones, like um, that one about the really small farm. I forget the name of it. Something to do with a little farm that came out a few years back. Anyway, so I've seen those documentaries and I've just always been curious about that. And so I wanted, to, I wanted to make my own version, you know, just like kind of a different version of them. And so I've had this idea for a couple of years and, and I've just kind of been like sitting on it and mentioning it to a few people and I think here on the podcast, like I said, and just trying to figure out like, all right, like think through sort of that process and anyways, over the summer I was introduced to Jacob and Alexa and uh, ran into them at an event where they had a table set up and I just kind of threw the idea out to them and they were like, yeah, sure. So I followed up with them and, and, and here we are. So it's a really simple connect for this video because... They sell their chickens at the regional market, but they sell their chickens to Eden in Hanover Square in Syracuse. And, and I'm friends with Rich, and and you know they're on the Eat Local New York card at Eden, so it was really, really simple to connect with them and and ask them to participate in the in their portion, the restaurant portion of the video. So um, this episode today is is a conversation, short conversation I had with Jacob while they were in the midst of processing their chickens. I was out on the farm with them for a few hours. I got to see their entire operation of how they raise their chickens and where they do it, and then obviously the processing, but also see how they raise their pigs and their cows, and it was fascinating. Um, Really, definitely have this, you know, more than just kind of knowing who they are and that they exist, a little bit more of a connection with, uh, with with these two with this family and and them as farmers and it's really really fascinating just to kind of have that and be able to you know have a conversation with them about that and get their perspective on farming and and community and and you know eating local food and uh, being more connected to food it's still a little different i still haven't made like the mental connection from okay this is what i saw this chicken i saw them process this chicken and then i saw them freeze this chicken, and then now I'm eating this chicken. Like, I still haven't been able to make that connection. I know it sounds odd, uh, maybe, but, yeah, it's still, you know, it's like, okay, it's like it's like you have this thing of, like, I have this in my head. I have this is, this is a local chicken that Eden, that this farmer is raising and processing and selling to this restaurant, and Eden is taking that local chicken and cooking it and selling it to the customer, and then, like, but that's in my head, it's still different from the chicken that I eat at home. I don't know if that makes sense at all. But regardless, um, so I just wanted to put this out there. I was out there with them for a while. We just put out a video today that I'm recording this, I'm recording this intro. Uh, I just released like a short little video I really had a lot of fun making on our Instagram and TikTok and then the longer form video of like showing this process and following the chicken from, I think I'm going to reverse it go from the restaurant in reverse back to the farm. It's going to be out on our YouTube channel. I'm I'm probably going to put it on our website in some way so that way um, maybe hopefully it doesn't get pulled down because I do want to show the whole process. Um, That's maybe going to be on our website here in the next week or so. Uh, Regardless, I had this conversation with Jacob as I was out there and kept the cameras rolling and I think it's interesting and I hope that you enjoy it. Um, you can follow Hillside Farms on Instagram. You can also, you can go find the post that I made and find them that way. You can also, uh, I'm sure, find them online. Great family farm. They're set up at the regional market most Saturdays, so definitely check them out. Um, and they offer turkeys right now for Thanksgiving, but chickens and cows and or beef and pork. And yeah, support them. Support any local farms that you possibly can. And I should be doing more of these uh, here in the near future. And following different animals and foods. Um, anyways, big shout out! I want to give a special shout out to our sponsors at Brown Carbonic. You know, listen, they're a great family-run company. You know, they do so many different things. You know, the big thing that still just stands out to me is their Challenger Cola. Um, Challenger Cola is this this awesome product that they offer. You know, it's it's soda bags. Uh, for restaurant and food service operations, and you know, we're talking here, like in this podcast, about supporting local, uh, local food. And you know, this is a little different than obviously a local chicken, but um, it's still the same. Like so, like in your head, like when you're running a restaurant, it's like, all right, I've got, I need to offer soda, and I have Coke or Pepsi. Well, you've got a third option that's owned and operated by a local company, and that's Challenger Cola and Brown Carbonic. But again, they offer so many different things, the mixed gases for your draft beer system, ice machines and ice itself, uh, you know, dishwashing machines and chemicals and so much stuff. You, you really should be working with them if you can. And their number is 315-454-3591. Um, again, 315-454-3591. Great family. Uh, reach out to Brown Carbonic and let them know that you heard about them right here on the Eat Local New York podcast. Well, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. It's my time out on the farm with Jacob and Alexa. So when I think of a local farmer, I almost think of farmers sympathetically do you think that's a, do you think that's a pretty accurate perception of what you all do in, like the general public in our area?
1: So like for us, because we share our life on social media, people really live through us on the farm and through their food okay so it's it, it's a much more uh, it's just so much more connection so compared yeah. to if you buy yourself at the grocery store, you just have a connection with the package and then you know that farmers are are really um, trying to make ends meet. Yeah. And uh, in the commodity world, um, you know, we're not getting rich, <laughs> that's right. for sure. Um, we're we're paying our bills. We're, you know, raising our son. Um, and it's, it's a real lifestyle too. We both enjoy it. That's huge that we both are out here getting after it. Yeah. Um, but once again, it's that, that connection. I think that, um, and then that's just consumer responsibility. Like you're putting together content to show a local farm doing what they do, but not many people go to go to all these and be like, "Man, where's this, What farm is producing this? You know, okay. I wonder if I can connect with them." Um, so then, then all that comes back onto uh, for the farmer. It's just it just comes back to profitability. There's yeah. no. There's no mental relationship with it. There's no happiness. It's just like, are we going to make ends meet this year? And then now the big thing is like the average farmer, I think is 62 years old now. And then the transition process, like in New York state with the taxes, it's so hard to transition that farmland over. So then, you know, there's a lot of understanding why people have that conception of like, the market's so hard to survive the um transition so hard to keep it in the family and then all that stress warrants against a, a job where you have to work seven days a week it might be different for us because we started this from zero and we it, you know we're building it as we go and we like chose to do it and we're it's... yeah yeah we chose to do it we had a bunch of money saved up to put into it so that really is a um and we're doing it like our way we're not yeah we didn't inherit we didn't inherit or take over a farm My in father... which yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so that's tough too. Um, so you know, just once again, when the farmer sells a commodity product, you have the transportation that's got to take a profit margin. You have the packager that needs to take a, a profit margin. Then you have another transportation or a distributor, and then you have the retailer. Mm. So you know, at three percent, that's twelve to fifteen percent right there off the top. Mm. That if you're a direct farmer, you may there may be more non-farming tasks like marketing or you know transportation but you're putting that that margin back in your pocket yeah it's a tough system i we don't have a lot of farmers that come to us and praise you know you should get in the dairy industry you know a lot of the farmers are like how's it going are you guys making it like and that's not a good sign there Hmm. i mean mean, really you got to go to cornell get get your either a veterinary's degree or your egg science with dairy and then try to partner in. And, you know, uh, we have, we have farm friends that started their own dairy organic and they're doing good they, they're happy. They love it. and they love it. And they didn't go to, they didn't go to a land grant, agricultural university. They just started at zero. Hmm. We're, you know, we have access to so much information, like the chicken processing. We taught that ourselves. We got books, we got videos. Um, we we read re- religiously the stockman grass farmer which talks about beef markets um, operating with a perennial pasture operations at a row co- operation so you know you really can educate yourself without taking that big investment of going to college and then yeah knowing you have to make this amount of money to pay that debt off
0: yeah there's so much information about chickens on youtube yeah i mean um my wife well gladly admit this, that when I, if I, I usually get on something I'm obsessed with it for like six months and during COVID that was chickens, pizza and smoking beef <laughs> you know, and smoking cheese. Um, and, uh, you know so there is, there's a few months there that pretty much three, four hours a day, I was either reading a blog or watching a video on how to raise chickens. <laughs> to process them you know all that kind of stuff so um yeah it is definitely i guess the barrier to entry is is kind of small just in the knowledge base
1: and then we have two gen like so pre-world war ii i don't know i think 60 percent of the country was living on farms and then now we have less than two percent so there's and that's that huge disconnect that creates that animal cruelty like these big farms aren't trying to be cruel right they're trying to be efficient because that consumer wants a cheap product yeah they're trying yeah exactly and uh you know if they have an unhealthy animal that hits their profit margin so they don't want unhealthy animals yeah but in a system that's super confined and um uh, super efficient they're gonna have to medicate more they're gonna have to intervene a little more so we're really trying to our vet bill is super low Mm. really it's just for um when we do steer castrations, like, uh, um, and then we're trying to move the animals every day to fresh pasture, get them out, fresh air, sunlight, get them a good optimal diet, yeah. and then that seems to make a nice healthy product. And then with the grass finishing, we, we finish the animal. We make sure there's fat on the animal. Wow. If, if the animal's not fat, it's not gonna go to market because that's not a good product. We've got, um, my father-in-law, he's
0: from Iowa. Actually, so is my mother-in-law, but he grew up on a farm, and the whole that whole family is still out there. Cousin, tons of cousins that are, and friends that are either corn, soybean, or um, our one uncle. That has a pretty big uh, beef farm out there, um, and I got to spend a week out there two years ago, and it was very interesting to just talk to them about the process and. Specifically, corn and soybean, and what they and where they sell it, and you know, how they get it's just it's wild how much of it that they have that goes over to China.
1: Yeah, it's it's cheap, like, same with the timber industry, it's cheaper to send a log over there to get it milled than to mill it here. It's crazy, and that's consumer driven again. It's like, yeah, uh, I mean, it it comes everything comes back to the consumer dollar. If people want to pay less, there's going to be companies that find a way to make it less, make it for cheaper. And usually there's a long-term price point that's not priced in there, whether it's the environment, health, yeah, commu- community, jobs available. That's so when we raise pigs on the deep bedding pack, we always give them wood chips and hay, but we're really concerned that they're not going to be as good as the forest bed. Yeah. But, I mean, people love it just as much. It's just like that chicken raised upstairs in your barn is way less stress than a twenty-four thousand bird barn you know what i mean There there any of those big like those farms
0: in around here poultry farms yeah like the massive ones
1: <laughs> there might be one egg farm in pompey smith eggs they're pretty big i don't know how many birds they got there's i, know,
0: I think well, i'm assuming that's a whole farm but i know there's a big one in uh um like on your way out to Auburn, like a, Camilla, Selbridge area.
1: A chicken farm? Yeah. Uh, eggs, specifically. Eggs, yeah, yep. Pretty okay. much around here, it's going to be eggs, not poultry. Yeah. And that's because of climate. Like, it's the, way to do it the sun. in the sunbelt states, because you're not importing all that climate-controlled warmth. Yeah. Like with a layer, you got three things. Temperature, sunlight, and feed. If you can give them good feed and automated sunlight in the barns, and they'll still keep laying out pretty good. I mean, we only had, I only had six, no, I had seven
0: Rhode Island Reds and I expected them to lay nothing in the winter time, that first winter. And I was surprised that, I mean, we still, I still got three or four a day. Yeah, yep,
1: 50%, I mean. And Rhode Island Reds are a pretty good breed to yeah. push through. And that's like the big thing about local food is like the freedom and the resilience, you know, like how we talked about seasonality, like we should be crushing apples and pigs right now, probably in this area or yeah. apples and beef or whatever, you know. Right. I worked with the
0: Abbots in Baldwinsville on the, for their doing their social media. And then last year I helped them with their bar program. And... Uh, Yeah, they're uh, agro-tourism. They're apples and primarily and blueberries. Over the years, because of theft and fungus, they've had to get rid of raspberries, blackberries, Italian prune, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, So now they're literally, they're they're pumpkins, blueberries, and apples, and then corn just for the maize, you know. But um, it's amazing. They've got, like, Twelve kids between the two of them from different marriages, and then their own, and it's just no, none of them want to have anything to do with the, the farm. farm. So it's Warren and Alice out there running the whole thing.
1: That's another thing too. Like, like I had a really good job, I was making a lot of money, and then my like my parents, my my family background. My dad grew up on a dairy farm, okay, and like he was him and his brother and sisters were treated like free labor pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And they all left the farm. They all became super successful. Um, and dad, like he loves being here. He's been here the last two afternoons with pumpkins. <laughs> just, like he works construction in Syracuse. Now he's about to retire okay. for Christmas, but uh, he's got a friend who has a pumpkin patch and they, they know we have pigs. So he just picks up truckloads, but hmm. um, it's more, it's not a monetary thing. It's definitely a lifestyle, you know, it's, yeah. and it's, you gotta expect that as well for sure um and it's tough that no like you know and then the sad thing is that abbott's is probably going to go to a big farm because they're the only ones that can afford to and you know unfortunately if the kids don't want to take over or so they actually keep selling parcels off every year to keep it going but for housing yeah so subdivide yeah Yeah. and that's that's even in like montana now that's a huge thing because of like yellowstone COVID, all that push like um Some of these cattle guys are finding ways to only parse, you know, let's say they got 2,000 acre ranch, they can subdivide 40 acres and make a ton of money on that. Yeah. I
0: mean, if you could snap your fingers and change anything about like culture, consumer habits, behavior, perception of what you do, what would it be? Like, would you?
1: What would we change what we do?
0: Well, like, even like the community's perception of what you do, like, would it be, would it be? I wish everyone knew the health benefits, and that's why they bought it. Would I? Would it be? I wish everybody knew how important it is to support local
1: agriculture. That's, and I want them to buy it. Do you want every restaurant to start buying? Like, I think uh, just relationship with the farmer. Like, cause like our farm tours, like people come out here and it's like, it's like an African safari. It's like, oh my yeah. god, like they just don't have the connection. Like even us, we. Uh, so, you know, Joel Salatin, we went to yeah, Polyface. Um, I read all his books and we were getting to the, getting to this operation. And we went out there 2019 and we're like, we're gonna see if this, like, if this dude's got like a Ferrari in the in the garage, cause all the talking <laughs> money he gets. Or, but he just got like this 89 Bronco. he took the windows out with because that was only $1,800 compared to a $30,000 side-by-side, you know? That's amazing. And like their pastures were, they're in a six week drought and they just had great pastures um, because they were doing gravity elevation, uh, gravity fed irrigation, so free energy. And just the systems that he preached was like, you could just see it there. And then we were on a farm tour with 200 people and most of them were DC area, I'm guessing. And they had no idea Hmm. like any of this. And you could just see like. But even like we hosted um, a tour here for um, families. Well, one was a girl who shops with us at the market but she is part of a bigger group of like homeschool families in Syracuse area and they came down and we had the preconceived notion like oh homeschooling they're like crunchy they're like eating their food and like the the mom and a boy were like looking at manure a cow patty like Mm. kind of dried out like this yeah and they were like what is that so it's just like those little (laughs) things
0: like you you think more people know about animals and farms and they really
1: don't yeah and like A lot of the disconnect isn't towards the packers it's towards farmers right like the hate you see it's like yeah and it's not for sure and and they don't have they're the farmer is just making the commodity in big egg they're not making the end product yeah and the consumer's buying the end product but hating on the farmer because so yeah you know just food people need to get in their kitchen and know and know their food make a relationship with their farmer and then support that local economy because if you're supporting that local farmer, he's gonna buy hardware from that local place, you know, or right now we have a big issue with organic feeds in this country because we import a lot from Ukraine. Yeah. And so uh, that's like a, we were at a, um, hmm. a walk with our um, congressman uh, at a, a neighboring farm and nobody was like, maybe we should start incentivizing growing organics here. <laughs> That wasn't the answer. It was like how are we gonna how are we gonna uh adjust the 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 farm bill to get these dairy farmers back the difference they're paying in this higher price grain?
0: All right, well there it is everybody. Thank you so much for listening again to another episode of the Local New York Podcast if you haven't make sure that you subscribe whatever platform you're listening to this on you can visit us on our youtube channel on our website eatlocalnewyork.com to watch the video version of most of our podcasts not this one because i didn't record i didn't run the video for that i ran the video but i didn't use the video and uh yeah if you haven't picked up an Eat local new york card do so jump on it eatlocalnewyork.com got some fun merch over there i'm still you know trying to just do some different stuff with the merch and right now It's all really vulgar. So if that's what you're into, go buy a shirt. (laughs) And that's it. I'm gonna catch you back here next week for a brand new episode of the Eat Local New York podcast.